0: Back live once again, Deshaun Tate with Tate's Take Sports Hashtag, where basketball lives. You would know that if you're a frequent listener, watcher, subscriber to Tate's Take the Podcast, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S, again, where basketball lives on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook. Um, Also, feel free to subscribe. Always remind you guys and tell you to subscribe. Can never have enough subscribers and followers again on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Tate's take hoops and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This is Tate's take the podcast. Like I said, anywhere you find your favorite pod, that being Stitcher, um, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Red Circle, the whole nine. I call it the best, the most entertaining, the most informational and the most educational basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast. So you know, I always let you know that, you know, if it's 94 feet long, uh, 50 feet wide, 22 feet and one and one quarter inches out on the perimeter for college and 23 feet and three quarters out on the perimeter for NBA, the rim is 10 feet tall and we covering it right here on Tate's Take. Now, I know that I tell, tell few people and kind of teased a little bit leading up to on social media and so forth that we got a special guest shocker you never know exactly who's going to be a guest who's going to join us here in the locker room on tate's take on a regular basis but while there are more interesting um uh while we do have more interesting uh, guest coming on later on this week over the weekend. Tomorrow, I know we have Van Tate, who's located out in New Mexico. Uh, also, we got Jeff Goodman uh, from the stadium, formerly of ESPN. That's going to be coming on on Monday to kind of talk a little bit about the NBA draft. But today, we've got a good buddy of mine, Nick Hamilton, and I'll introduce him and bring him in within the next couple of minutes or so here. But uh just kind of wanted to run over a couple of things in case you missed it. Things that transpired on yesterday in the NBA, and I'm kind of curious to hear from you guys and see where you guys are at on some of this stuff because we saw some very interesting matchups. One of them that was not necessarily so interesting and hasn't been very interesting interesting throughout the duration of the NBA playoffs. 117-92 win for the Toronto Raptors. They take a 3-0 series lead over the Brooklyn Nets. No shocker there. When you don't have uh, Joe Harris for this particular game. I'm not sure if I, I don't think I saw, um, Jared Allen out there, but you don't have Kevin Durant. Obviously you don't have Kyrie Irving. Um, you also don't have Spencer Dinwiddie. Am I missing somebody? Deandre Jordan, you don't have either. So you're missing a huge bulk of the team. And I know that the, uh, future looks bright for those guys, but it was just a little bit too much. Toronto Raptors, a team that I really believe has, exceeded a lot of people's expectations when you have including mine when you have a guy like Terrence Davis who's a rookie he's one of two rookies that have played every game this year Fred Van Fleet who I can only imagine is going to be looking for a max deal uh yesterday Serge Baca played really well 20 points 13 rebounds for him um and then arguably Fred Van Fleet Fred Van Fleet and uh and Kyle Lowry probably the best Downhill playing type style of, of a duo in the NBA like to play a lot of that bully ball. Uh, Toronto has had, ironically enough, the best record in the NBA as of the year of 2020 in terms of the calendar year. Um, but even more so, uh, I think that what the Brooklyn Nets have been able to do here is is just kind of find some bright spots between a couple players and and obviously uh, TLC. Let me see if I can remember this. Timoth- Timothy luau Cabarro TLC, uh, has been a bright spot for them as well. Uh, so I think that, you know, they're kind of moving in a positive direction. You wouldn't really know it if you're looking at the score of the last few games in this series. Uh, the Denver Nuggets fall to, and fall is a huge word for them. I think that that's kind of an understatement. To the Utah Jazz, who now takes a 2-1 lead over them, 124-87 to in game three in Utah's favor with Conley coming back in return after the birth of his newborn baby, Nikola Jokic, 15 points, five rebounds, six assists, but it wasn't enough after Rudy Gobert uh, had 20 tallied in 24 points and 14 rebounds. And Mike Conley was just lighting it up. And I'm not a big Mike Conley, dude. I know that he's very efficient uh, and, and one of the more solid point guards in this league. Um, a little overpaid to my liking, but it is what it is. Uh, but nonetheless, they are in position to go ahead and uh, look like they're they, – Denver looks mentally defeated. And I see that Nick Hamilton just try, just got in here with us, so I'm going to get ready to bring him in here in just a second. But I want to make sure I get this out of the way when we're talking about Denver. Uh, they got some bright spots of Michael Porter Jr. A couple guys are just really not playing all that well right now. He's not really one of them. Uh, or I'm sorry – didn't they got the bright spots? They got a lot of talent on the team. Probably too much talent, if there's a such thing. Too many scores, not enough role players. MPJ obviously doing a good job. Didn't really have all that all that great of a uh, of a game on yesterday, but nonetheless, um, they've got a they're going to try and right the ship a little bit if they want to find a way to come back and just uh, and try to avoid going down three one. That would be a disaster for them. Uh, the Boston Celtics, 102-94 over the Philadelphia 76ers. That is a train wreck just waiting to happen. That one looks like it's going to be a sweep. You're talking about teams that are mentally defeated. I think that the Philadelphia 76ers are at the top of that list. Trust no more process. I'm not buying into that one. Uh, look for them to move on. And then the Clippers. We're going to talk to Nick Hamilton about this one. Clippers, 130-122, to taking a series lead, 2-1 to over the Dallas Mavericks and Luka Dokic. We'll speak a little bit more about his injury status. Um, Chrisaps Porzingis, thirty-four and thirteen in that one. Kawhi Leonard, the Claw, thirty-six points and nine rebounds, eight assists for him. Without further ado, let's bring in the guy that I know everybody came in here to come, kind of check out and, and and like to come and see. We're gonna bring my guy up in here, my dude, Nick Hamilton, bro. What's it, it been? It been a it been a minute, bro. I know. Hey, look. I've only had the opportunity to meet this dude one time. I feel like I've been knowing him forever. I was out in L.A. Um, doing yeah. a bit of, of, of shadowing with Rob Parker and then bumped into this dude. And we knew some got some mutual friends and so forth. Terrell Thomas. Make sure you check him out. A really good dude. Um, bro, what's up, man? I had to fill the people in. How, how you guys doing, bro? What's new?
1: Hey, man, living and breathing. I can't complain, bro. How about you?
0: Man, dude. The same, and not a lot of people have that opportunity to say this, especially with all the craziness going on with the coronavirus. I did mention to the people that we're going to talk a little bit about some Nipsey Hustle in a minute. Also, the same thing about um about this movement, man, of, of of supporting Black media. So I definitely want to check into that in just a second. But first, I want to get this NBA stuff out of the way. Let's start with we got a one seed and a two seed out there in LA. Let's start at the top. Let's start with the one seed. I feel like the Blazers have awoken awaken a sleeping giant in a sense, like the way that the Lakers came out in that second game was, I'm not sure if that's really the smoke, if that's what the cool kids are calling it nowadays, that that Portland really wanted. Um, What says you and what was the biggest difference maker between those two games and what we expect to see tonight? Uh,
1: Like I said, I think the Lakers, they started, they were stagnant. Um, The air was out of the, out of the jar, so to speak. When you look at what the Lakers were doing, I mean, the, the Trailblazers were on a streak. I mean, you had a hot hand in Damian Lillard, which ignited a lot of other players like C.J. McCollum, Carmelo Anthony, uh, a plethora of other players. And so, when you look at what they were playing for, I mean, they 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 had they were running on sheer adrenaline and heart. Uh, mm-hmm. They had to make a statement. They had, and, and it was up to the Lakers to see how they would respond in Game Two. And damn it, they responded in a huge way. But I'm not going to sit up here and say and act like, Anthony, you know, uh, Anthony Davis is going to act like that every single game. He shouldn't have to. Uh, but he, he's going to put up his numbers. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Anthony Davis is a scrub by any stretch of the imagination. He's an absolute star. He's an absolute stud. And what he does, that's why the Lakers wanted him. That's why they traded so much to get him for moments like this and other moments throughout the season. But LeBron James has definitely got to step up. LeBron James has been lackluster in my estimation. He has not been the LeBron James or the playoff LeBron James that we are accustomed to seeing. And I don't know if that's due to age. I don't know if that's due to uh, being away. Uh, LeBron does thrive off being in a home court environment. And obviously, this is more of a neutral turf uh, situation. So I don't know if that changes mentally for him. But he's going to have to get it going at some point because if he doesn't get it going, the Lakers are going to be in trouble. Maybe not in this series. But in the next series against Houston, if they're able to make it, which I, I think they will, um, that's going to be a tough series for them. And, and Houston could, you know, deliver the, 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 the two piece without the biscuit. If they do that, it's going to be a failure of a season. And so I know LeBron James is not eager to go home early, as we saw last season when he went home in April. Um, and so there's got to be a point where LeBron is going to have to step up. Uh, he's going to have to be the LeBron James that we've seen him be. Uh, especially in the second half of the season. And even before the all-star break, how we saw him emerge. That's the LeBron James that everybody's been waiting on. He's just been lackluster in my estimation. He's not been LeBron James. that We um, are used to seeing that superstar, the best baller in the game. Where is he?
0: Two-piece with the biscuit, bro. I, if I'm going to do the two-piece with the biscuit, I got to have the wings. I'm not really a a big thigh, breast, uh, well, you don't want, you don't drumstick want the biscuit, type brother. thing. You, to,
1: if you use the biscuit, I'm <laughs> to put some money on your books.
0: Yeah, you I was about, about to say, I about to say, bro. Well, I mean, if, if we're only as long as we're only speaking in actually chicken terms, I'm not really right. a big breast and a I thigh I do, it. but I will take the wing. I got to add a hot sauce. If you give me the biscuit, I got to add Hello. a gravy or the honey to go with it. One of the two. I can't do the dry oh, Popeye's biscuits, bro.
1: No, no, um, no, bro. I'm going to tell you Harold <laughs> or, or a honey kettle out here in L.A. That's OK, respect. Harold's. You, I'm,
0: I'm familiar with the Harold's because of Chicago. Mm -hmm. But uh 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 what'd you say, honey kettle? I'm gonna have to figure we're gonna have to link up next time I come to LA, bro, with all the palm trees and all that. Man,
1: come to the west side,
0: west (laughs) west side of LA. That's what's up. Nick Hamilton, content creator, media personality, and sports and pop culture, entertainment reporter. Do a little bit of everything, dude. Wears many hats, jack of all trades, and so forth via Nightfall Media. Check them out on social media on Twitter and IG. At Nick Hamilton, L.A. At N.I.C.K.H.A.M.I.L.T.O.N. L.A. Um, You're just talking about LeBron James, dude. I thought that I was like seriously in some kind of crazy Twilight Zone, like I was seeing things. Have sleep. I saw his uh, his stat line the other night. If I'm not mistaken, I saw something around ten points and a few rebounds and a couple of. And I'm like, dude, like. Who is that? Like, is that Bronny or is that LeBron? You know what I mean? Like, I was it, it, I was I was flabbergasted a little bit. Like you said, that's not the player that we really come to expect. And I honestly believe that with with this particular matchup, that what can cause them some problems is the guard play and 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 uh, obviously the 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 dynamic backcourt duo between McCollum and Lillard, and maybe putting some of those bigs in pick and roll situations because LA has all these bigs. They've got McGee. You said that they had a D um, they've got Dwight coming off the bench for crying out loud, do LeBron and Kyle Kuzma are both over probably six, eight. You know what I mean? So they don't they're not running small guys out there. And it's really hard for them from a defensive standpoint, I can imagine um, in the backcourt because of no Rondo and no Avery Bradley. Who are you taking in this series What in terms of what we expect to see tonight? I know you say we need LeBron to step up. Who are you taking in this series, how many games, and why?
1: Well, I said Lakers in six because I knew that, especially with Damian Lillard being on fire, and I know he dislocated his finger in game two, left the game early, but that's not going to stop Damian Lillard by any stretch of the imagination. He will figure it out. He will get a way to try to win, get a win and get to the basket as early and as often as he can or get his other teammates involved. So we don't have to worry about that. What we do need to worry about is how we're going to sit up there. And I say we not being a Laker fan itself, but just we as far as figuring out if you're the Lakers, how do we stop and get those key defensive stops in game three? Because we know the the mindset of the Blazers. They're trying to get a win. They want to go up to one. They want to have the advantage psychologically as well as physically. So how do we stop that? How do we get those defensive stops? How do we get better ball movement? How do we uh, are able to space, get better spacing so we can space the floor the way that we know how to space the floor and get the shots up that we need to get up? Um, who's gonna be that third option? Again, that's the, in the, looming, the looming question all season long. We know what LeBron can do, we know what AD can do, but who is that third scoring option? Who is that consistent, keyword, consistent scoring option that the Lakers are going to have in this series, in series beyond this, if they plan to go forward, so my whole thing is, what, do, what, who's going? Is it going to be Kyle Kuzma? You know, is it going to be, uh, um, you know, Deion Waiters, who's had a, a great eight games in the bubble? You uh, who, know, who probably could be their third or fourth ball handler? Um, who is going to step up? I mean, Quinn Cook has got to get some time, man. I mean, I mean, I love Alex Caruso, but Quinn Cook, you brought him there for a reason. You cannot get better on the bench you cannot have a guy of his talent picking splinters out his ass to sit up there and say oh well he's, he's just along for the ride no you got to let frank vogel has got to take the, the the chains off of him so to speak and let him run and let him fly we've seen flashes of what he can do when you give him enough ample time to do that and to me it's a travesty when you have a guy of, of, of quinn cook's talent i know a lot of people are down on him and say oh well you know he's this he's average he's this he's that but listen he can't get better on the bench. How do we have a huge, we don't even have a great sample size of what he could do outside of being with the Golden State Warriors the year they won a the championship and him learning from Steph Curry. So LeBron wanted him. AD wanted him. Obviously Rob Polinka wanted him or else they wouldn't have brought him to the Lakers. So utilize what you have. You don't have, you're missing your defensive technician in Avery Bradley. You're missing your floor general in Ray John Ronald, who probably won't be available until probably the next series possibly um but you know because it's going to take time for him to get his legs under him it's going to take him time to get into the flow into a rhythm where we've seen it rondo be accustomed to so that's going to take time you got a guy sitting right there on the bench and you don't even utilize him and that to me is is the most head-scratching thing i've ever seen Now, um, you know i like jr smith but can jr smith be consistent enough you know can can there's a lot of question marks and not enough answers with this team. We know how great this team is. We know how great they can be when they play as a collective, but we have yet to see that in this series. We have, yeah, yeah they blew they blew out the, the Blazers by thirty something points, but at the same time, you got to understand that's one game. Can you do it on a consistent basis? Can you get enough wins to win the series and then move on to the to the, the semifinals round? That's going to be the key because every series is going to get tougher for the Lakers. They don't have an easy road like the other team across the hall. Uh, they have a very strenuous schedule. They have a very tedious uh, ma- tedious matchups against the Blazers. And then, like you said, the, the the Houston Rockets, who are probably going to end up winning that series against OKC. And they're going to get a healthy Westbrook back. So now that's double trouble with Harden and Westbrook and Clint Capella and those guys that are going to be ready for the Lakers because all the, the bullseye is on the Lakers. When you're the number one squad, I don't give a damn what sport you win. The bullseye is getting bigger and bigger and bigger
0: as you move forward to try to capture capture championship number 17. Quinn Cook, the ring collector, is what I'm probably gonna go with calling him that. That was one of my issues with the Lakers is that you know they in a position where it looks like they've got too many guys that seem like they're trying to go along for the ride. Deion Waiters, who I think has passed his prime, and I'm, I'm 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 not a fan. I'll just put it that way. That's the best way I can put it. J.R. Smith. Sometimes I feel like some of his play is his his mind is more on Hennessy than it is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it's more on Hennessy than it. But in his play, you know what I mean? That's just what it looks like with the optics. You know what I mean? Um, and then you know even more so, Dwight kind of in a similar situation. But I want to like you talked about going across the hall. I want to go across the hall now to the other team in LA that came away with a big time win after falling in a big-time loss where they didn't do much leading in that particular game, but they ended up getting a win yesterday, that being the Los Angeles Clippers, who I think that uh, really appeared to – they look like they want to punk Luka Doncic. They look like they want to punk this team and that they were just going to come in and walk over these guys. I'm not a – and I know you, you you may think a little indifferent of me uh, considering that he's from Cali. I'm not really a big Paw George dude. I respect him. And he got game. Um, But I just think that there's 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 sometimes where it looks like Kawhi is more set into being a a systematic slash his team type guy. When you start trying to pair him with other big time players and all stars and great players around him and so forth. I'm just not a fan of that idea. I think that not that it can't be done, but I think that he excels better in that type of scenario Now I'll get your opinion on that but also about this particular series overall because Luka's a monster and I've been telling people if, if he's not the best player in the league already which I'm not saying he definitely is but I don't think he's far from it you got the unicorn he has a really bad team around him this was a team that was not in the playoff last year not even close they're significantly better than they were Where do you stand right now with the L.A. Clippers in regards to not only this series? How many games does this go? How many should it go? How many will it go? Um, And why?
1: Well, first of all, what you're not going to do is sit up here and disrespect Paul George like this. You're not going. You're not going to talk about the man from the six six one. That's what. That's what we're not going to do up on, on on this here program. But you what had I to sit up is, straight
0: on me, Nick. You had to sit I, up straight but on. What me. what I will say, oh, absolutely.
1: <laughs> but what I will say is this: Paul George is a perfect number two, much like how we saw Pyle Gasol be the perfect number two to Kobe Bryant. Kawhi Leonard is the number one. We know that. There's no argument with that. But but Paul George is the perfect number two, and I say that because of this. Kawhi understood that he had to have a number two in order to compete or even be in the, in the running to compete for a championship this season. Coming off his championship run last season with the Toronto Raptors, and we saw how they jailed together. Kawhi knew if you're going to the West, which is a much tougher conference, you're going to have to have some significant help in addition to pieces around you. You can't do what you did in Toronto. That's not going to work. You'll be at the seventh or eighth seed tops. We'll be looking at the Dallas Mavericks, for example. So. When you're looking at what the Los Angeles Clippers had to bring to the table, they needed Paul George to be there. Now, the, the offenses do run differently when both of them are, are when one is on the floor and the other one is on the bench. The offenses do run differently because they're two different guys, but they still are able to mesh when they run together. And that was the biggest concern or the biggest question mark is when are we going to see this team completely gel if they're completely healthy and how are they going to be able to run under Doc's system? So we saw now we, we're seeing flashes of that. We saw what happened in game one. People could talk about, you know, yeah, that was a bogus foul against Porzingis. I thought it was crap. I thought he should have only had one technical and been able to finish the game. But I don't think that was a major difference because I think the Clippers had locked in in the fourth quarter. You saw what happened with Kawhi Leonard. You saw what happened with Lou Williams. You saw what happened with Paul George. Those guys locked in. Game two, they were asleep. Luca came in, punched them in the mouth, did what they needed to do. They got the split. Game three, they woke up and said, OK, to hell with this. We're gonna knock Luca Luca's ass around, and that's exactly what they did. But Luca has a lot of heart, and people are not saying this. But if you watch the game in Game Three, Luca's Luca is hurt. I don't know how se- how severe he's hurt, and he's playing with a lot of heart, a lot of intensity, and I give him a lot of credit because I think Luca is an absolute baller. But at the same time, he's not a hundred percent, and I, and I don't think he's even eighty five percent to be honest with you. But I think he's trying to battle through it because he understands the nature of of him being in the game. And so as he goes, the Dallas Mavericks go. As as good as Porzingis is, as good as Seth Curry is, and and Tim Hardaway Jr. and those guys, those are all role players. This is the premier star, cream of the crop type of guy in Luka Doncic. And Luka is the dude, if you take him out the ball game, and the Clippers knew that, if they took him out the ball game mentally, Mm -hmm. it's going to affect his play down the stretch physically. And that's what Doc Doc is cerebral people. I don't think people give a, a lot of a, a lot of credit to Doc Rivers and him being the we know, uh, you know, there's a there's a saying in wrestling. If you're a wrestling fan with Triple H, to call them a cerebral assassin. Well, I think Doc Rivers is a cerebral assassin because the way he likes to implement certain plays and push guys and he says, oh, wait, hey, what's going on here? I don't. Hmm. But that's all part of the play. That's all part of the, 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 the whole strategy. So. The Clippers play well in Game Three. I expect them to play well in Game Four. I pick the Clippers in Five. I think Luca has. I think he's he can he can be one of the best players in the game at some point. Um, I don't think he's there right now. I think he has a lot more bumps and bruises to go through. Uh, but you have a lot, a lot of other guys where this league is going to carry, like guys like John Morant. You have guys uh, like Trey Young. You have guys like you know Spider Mitchell. You have you know Luca. Um,
0: you know Tatum. there's a lot of
1: yeah. I mean, Jason Tatum, who's a beast. I mean, Devin Booker. Uh, there's a lot of guys in this league where the league is going to be just fine moving forward. Now, who's going to be the top dog? Who's going to be the, the 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 creme de la creme? That remains to be seen because there's so many arguments you can make for the gentleman I just mentioned in various ways. Well, it's going to be interesting in the next three to four to five years to see who's going to rise to the top and keep that baton going, um, you know, as, as the league continues to flow. So. I got the lake. I me. I got the Clippers in five. I think they're going to take care of business and they move on to to uh, to face the Denver Nuggets. So I think they're going to beat the Utah Jazz.
0: Interesting. And I'm not going to keep you too long. I know you said you got quite a few things to do, and I heard your uh, your wrestling analogy. I didn't know that you was a wrestling dude. I can go back. I can go back back with you as far as you want to go when it comes to wrestling, bro. So that's a whole nother conversation that we yes, can't get indeed. into. But. Don't let this person with all the basketball logo in the top right-hand corner and all that fool you. I was wrestling before basketball. Believe that. All
1: right. Believe it. Well, a- ASAP, any, any spot, any place.
0: Okay, okay, perfect. <laughs> Duly noted because we could definitely get it in, bro. I got family yes, members that, that tell people, don't believe anything that you hear from him. about all this basketball stuff came later. We right. thought this dude was going to grow up and be a wrestler for sure. So believe that one. Nick Hamilton no. with us, man. Content creator, media personality, sports and pop culture entertainment reporter from Nightfall Media. Catch him on Twitter at Nick Hamilton LA. Um, the in, in, in closing, before we get into just a little bit about some Nipsey stuff, um, mm-hmm. I just I, I kind of feel like this is a team that really wants to punk the Mavericks a little bit, trying to want to get a little physical with them. And I know sometimes that kind of plays guys out of their game. Not trying to turn this into a total racial thing, but I can say this because at least I look half and half like (laughs) Arnold Palmer, man, sweet tea and lemonade. But, you know, when when I was growing up and we played white kids, you know what I mean? And we Mm -hmm. played them in basketball. We know that they were going to shoot, get on the ground after loose balls, create second chance, uh, second chance points, hustle, things like that. But you tried to get physical with them intentionally and try and talk a little bit of trash to try and get them out of their game because you know that in a psychological way, maybe their upbringing wasn't necessarily the same as yours or whatever. So you try to talk them. You try to win over in that way. And I kind of feel like just with the optics that that's something similar that it looks like the Clippers are trying to do, but the Dallas Mavericks are trying to fight back. And I'm really interested to find out exactly what the diagnosis is with with Luka uh i'm under the impression that it's a low ankle sprain because if it's a high i think that he's probably not playing in the next game if that was the case uh and even more so what what the return date is real real quick what's the return date on on pat bev what are what are they doing with that um
1: right now it's just day to day um okay last game it was game time decision and doc right before the game kicked off said pat's not a goal for game three they're trying to err on the side of caution because they know they're going to have a deep playoff run they want to make sure he's healthy they want to make sure that uh, he, he's ready to go fully because um, Pat Bev say what you want. Pat Bev gives a lot of energy. He sets the tone early, and that's what they're going to need, especially in the next couple of rounds that they plan on making the NBA finals for the first time in franchise history. So you got to make sure that guy like that is is, is healthy. He's ready to go. He's not going to have any, you know, re- able to re injure uh, himself and then set out for more time, which is going to hurt you down the stretch. So. I, I, I think the, the Clippers are doing the right thing, Aaron on the side of caution. And then when he's ready to go, hey, man, we'll see him out there. Trust me.
0: Pat Bev on Luka, I would have loved to see that one. Two guys that I'm, I am i don't know who want to smoke and who don't want it in that one because I think Luka got some work. I think he got a little bit more bite than people think he does. He, I don't think he's just all bark. I, he he mm-hmm. gives me – uh, I'm under the impression of something a little bit different, but then when you're talking about guys that can bike that can bite and bark, nobody probably does that better than Pat Bev. Um, I want to switch things over. Obviously, you know, the 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 passing, I think what about a little over a year ago of Nipsey Hustle. Um, a dude who really was a guy who was really um a in, in in LA and, and really stand up dude from everything I hear. I don't know if you ever had the opportunity to meet him, have conversations with him and so forth. But uh, if, if you did um, share with us a little bit about, you know, what, what he was about, even as a sports fan, because I heard that he was a big sports fan or even things that you heard about him. Cause I wasn't nearly, I'm a pop dude. Mm. I've always, I, 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 I've, I've always been a pop dude. That's just me. Um, And I'm not the biggest music head in the world, but um, I, I definitely, you being from LA and being my first guest from that particular region of the United States outside of Rob, I just kind of wanted to pick your brain a little bit on, on, on him and what the movement is like out there since the unfortunate set of circumstances in his passing has been like on the West coast. Well, I will say this much.
1: Um, I had the, the pleasure of speaking with him for about 30 to 40 seconds. Um, who would have thought that would be the last time we would ever see the late gray Nipsey hustle. Um, it was at his planes crew event, which is about three weeks before his before he was murdered, um, at his marathon store, and I was there as a member of the media. Um, I got a chance to catch him outside, and I just kind of briefly told him, "Hey, man, I appreciate what you're doing for the area. I appreciate your business acumen. You know, the music is always slamming, but the business side, man, are you really inspiring a lot of cats out here, man. So much respect." He was like, "You know." That, that that raspy nipsey voice you know looking out you know he yeah he that, but he was smiling man you know he was, it was you could tell he was very happy for that day he was very appreciative of people coming out to support him to support his venues and his ventures Um, uh, people you know whether it was for the music or whether for the, the clothing or whatever ventures he, he was involved in very humble guy um very down to earth dude um his, and you can see that i mean i had a chance to meet his brother for the first time black Sam. You know, to briefly speak with him. Um, and you can you can you can you see why Nipsey was the way he was. Um, just coming from that background. I mean, got a chance to meet some of his 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 folks, you know, Killer Twan and and you know, my man Sticks from Watts and and you know, a lot of other the brothers that were, you know, in that in from the sixties that were in that region, man. You know, and I, I came and I tell this to people all the time, man. I come in somebody's neighborhood, I wipe my feet off before I walk in their house. And I came in there respectfully i came in there you know hey man how you brothers doing you know i didn't come with no foolishness i didn't come with oh man you know like some people have this arrogant attitude uh how they see brothers on the corner and brothers on the block it's like nah man that's their block that's their corner you know that's they that's their neighborhood even though i'm not too far away i don't live too far away from that neighborhood Mm -hmm. but at the same time i don't live in that that particular area so i came in there respectfully respect um, and understood the dynamic of what and I go into anybody's neighborhood like that. I've been through the Nickersons, I've been through certain areas in Watts, I've been through the east side of Long Beach where my family is from. Um, I've been through parts of, of LA and Inglewood and Carson and everywhere else. But I always come in there respectful. Man, I've always come in with an attitude of, hey man, this is you guys' neighborhood. I'm just a guest. Right. So um and that's how you know I approach Nip. Like I was a guest, you know, and, and in on his turf. Mm-hmm. and uh you know he reciprocated that well man it was just none but respect and it was a, such a sad situation when you see a young man at 33 years of age who hadn't come had fully come into his own and what would nipsey Hussle be at 43 years of age what would mm-hmm. nipsey Hussle be at 53 much like you mentioned about the great pop you know tupac you know what will pac have been at 40 something years of age versus being dying at 25 mm-hmm. you know would he but would he been involved in politics i remember pac, Making a statement, saying hey, I may not be the change, but I will spark the brain that mm-hmm. will change. And I believe Nipsey uh was that spark. And I even yep. talked to one of Pac's uh friends and, 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 and label mates and Amin, mm-hmm. and I asked him the same question. He was like, Yeah, I can agree with you on that. I think Nipsey was the statement that Pac had made, you wow. know, moving forward. And so um, you know, Nipsey was just he was he, I mean, talking to people that actually knew him. Uh, people like DJ Head, people like Chuck Dizzle, um, a plethora of other people that I've, I've I've talked to or spoken with. I mean, they've all said great things about this guy. They always said how his work ethic was impeccable, um, the way he was able to, to to do things. I mean, he would get maybe four hours of sleep at a time, a lot of times, wow. just be able to balance that family life between, you know, obviously him and Lauren London and their family and, and, and you know, everybody else and all money in. And and I, I love seeing brothers like Jay Stone and Pac-Man and, and Killer Twine and you know all the rest of his his family, you know, really carry on that legacy, man. Lauren London and everybody's carry on his legacy and carry on his vision, man. I think that's so significant. And I have a lot of respect for those brothers and that sister that 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 is it's hard. I'm sure it's hard for all of them because sure. they lost somebody. I mean, the city felt the impact. So I the can city, only imagine yeah. what direct impact would be um in that situation. And so you know what we, we we still i mean la lost a lot in a, in, a, in a year and a half time. correct we kobe, kobe yeah. bryant we lost yeah. john singleton and john then singleton, also yeah. you know nipsey hustle and so when you go through the city was, was hurting for a long time and we still feel the effects of not just kobe bryant but nipsey hustle two global icons mm-hmm. um that, that that represented the city and from the city and represented the city so um you know nipsey was uh a, 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 just following him I, I jumped on his music around 2010 that's when i first okay. learned about nipsey hustle um and i was like man who is this cat right like mm-hmm. i'm like who mm-hmm. is this dude right mm-hmm. and uh you know just being able to follow his his journey man and i've been inspired just by listening to his music and watching sure. his moves and the stuff he did at 59th street elementary school in south central la which is you know people don't really come down there. he came down in with puma and really revamp and revitalize you know the playground so the kids can have some pride i mean he was a part of the stem program they have a vector 90 with dave gross and getting you know he wanted to make an impact into silicon valley because we know how segregated silicon valley is mm-hmm. and we know how competitive it is at the same time so he wants to get kids from the neighborhood respect as, as, as young as kindergarten first grade age to say hey respect. let's get it now so when they have a pipeline to silicon valley we can create the next uh idris sandu's uh you know people like that and other women in 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 tech you know people other people of color in tech he wanted to bring all of that to fruition man so you can't do anything but take your hat off to him and and really understand his legacy and i'm glad to see people are continuing um to, to bring his legacy alive a man had streets had the streets you know he had the streets he had the corporations i mean this guy he was it man he was, mm-hmm. he was he was he was he was uh, a very profound young man and, and it's sad hopefully one day we'll read about him in history books like we read about dr. King or Malcolm yeah. or Marcus Garvey um, or, or, or Bobby seal or, or, or guys like that man hopefully we'll be able to come together and read about his impact and his legacy the same way we read about those those uh, iconic figures that I just mentioned
0: my dude, Nick Hamilton, digging down into his pop culture and entertainment bag, bro. Um, man, dude, and I, I just learned so much just then, and I-, I won't be the person to sit up here and tell you that. You know, it was the biggest deal in the world to me to lose Nipsey like that because I wasn't nearly as familiar. I'll be honest to lose a black brother. That's one thing. But somebody that I personally can relate to, maybe not nearly as much because I really wasn't up on it as much. But I'm educating myself right now, especially by bringing you on. And that's why I'm even more excited. Everybody come to this thing for basketball purposes. But even I'm learning something outside of that realm. And that's a thank you to you. And I'm really appreciative and overly grateful and thankful for that. Lastly, Um, there's been this movement, dude, that has just been kind of going around and we're trying to keep pushing it and pressing it. And I know that we're up against it. So I do want to try and make it as quick as possible. I I think I've held you maybe a little bit too long. Um, but there's a, there's a support black media movement, you know, (coughs) that we've really been trying to push and, and more so, you know, between you and Terrell and a few others, Maybe not me nearly as much, but I definitely want to tap into that a little bit more. Explain to the people who are even listening, not very familiar and not understanding, because when I start getting into media, I start really realizing um, how many of us there weren't. How many of us are not being supported the same way? um, How many of the athletes are saying, you know, speaking up about, you know, blacks and, and just different things with the movements that are going on but not necessarily supporting the black media. Like I I would love to see some of these players that are going from high school to college or college to NBA and announcing that they're going to be reclassifying or announcing that they're going to be withdrawing their name from the NBA draft or just foregoing or whatever the case may be, whatever to do it through some of those independently owned black media market, uh, 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 black media, um, platforms and so forth like that. Um, just fill the people in a little bit about that movement because I really kind of jumped in on the back end of it, but I think that it's something really awesome and and where your mindset is on all of that in in the grand scheme.
1: Um, I think it it will change at some point. Now, when that point is, I have no idea. Um, I'm not Nostradamus, so I have, I can't, I can't do that. But what I will say is, you know, I, I was walking, working with a hashtag called black media matters. Um, and it was not just some cute hashtag. It was something that really meant meant, means and meant something. Um, and I I say that because we as journalists we we have to understand our circumstances are different than our Caucasian counterparts, and that's no disrespect to them. Because Mm -hmm. I'm not here to say that you know I'm not going to paint the the paint the brush. Yeah. Oh man, all particular groups of people are bad. No, it's just different. It's just yeah, different, and it's good and bad in every race, man. I, I, I've never subscribed to the fact that there's one bad race, and all of a sudden, majority of the next race is good. I, I've That's never right. subscribed to that, and I never yeah. will because That's I've right. seen enough in my lifetime both. to know different. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I tell this to people all the time. There have been some great folks, uh, 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 you know, that were Caucasians that helped me out. There were some great folks of black folks that helped me here. out. There same some here, same here. You know, Latino folks that helped me out. There were some great. You know uh uh, people from the lgbtq community that have helped me out along the way um some people from you know the asian community you know whoever men women whatever um so i'm never going to subscribe to that now i do believe people will change if they desire to change no matter how old you are no matter what race or background you come from but the main the main catalyst is this black journalists have to not only fight to get in the chair but they also have to fight to stay in the chair unlike their caucasian counterparts and okay. what I'm saying, what I'm noticing now is they like to thrust this facade in front of everyone and say, "Oh, see, we're diverse, we're this, we're that." But when you go inside and inside the buildings, you don't see that type of diversity that you display on television. And not only that, there's no disrespect when I say this, but some athletes have done extremely well. You look at the Marcellus Wiley's of the world. You look at the Deion Sanders of the world. You look at uh, uh, Candace Parker, who does a phenomenal job at what awesome she's doing. Awesome job. Um, you look at uh, 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 Kara Lawson before she went back to coaching at Duke. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a Robin Roberts, phenomenal mm-hmm. job. I mean, she's the, the the creme de la creme as far as I'm concerned. She um, You look at a lot of other people. I mean, there's – so I'm not saying this again, but there are – they they do. It's unfortunate how some athletes get jobs that can't hold a, a wet paper bag. Okay? And you got qualified journalists – who are of black media, can't even get a sniff of an opportunity. And it's it's appalling to me when you have these sports franchises and these other franchises and entities that uh, unfortunately that came out after the murders of George Floyd and Amon Arbery and Breonna Taylor, Emmanuel Ellis and others that r- ran these PSAs about how much they want to end, you know, help end racism and inequality and oppression and social injustice and things of that nature. And I'm not painting everybody again with a broad brush, but there are a lot of these sports franchises that you look at. It's nothing but a bunch of crap, because how can you sit up here and say that you want to end all that? All of those things when there's things like that staring you in the face, i.e. black media, black owned media. Let me be very, very clear when I say that black-owned media, Latino-owned media. Because when you look at the NFL and the NBA, there are over 75% black players in those both of those leagues. So how come we don't have at least 50% of black-owned media outlets being being able to have the opportunity to cover these teams and these players? And I'm talking about legit black-owned <laughs> media outlets that Correct. have been in the trenches, that have been in the game, guys like myself, guys like Terrell Thomas, guys like you, and, and, and uh, uh, Lauren Jones, who does an excellent job covering the Lakers. You have a, a plethora of other people in this field that have done a profound job, you know, covering teams, providing coverage, disseminating the information to their various audiences. And see, what people don't understand is that black black audiences in black America gets talked to in a different way that middle America can't speak to. And that's not no disrespect to middle America. It's just what it is. And so when you understand that, when you look in, in, in major markets like Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, uh, uh, Houston, places like that, where you have an influx. Of, of of players that play in these leagues when you have an influx of college football that, that that majority of the college football players are absolutely black why don't how come you don't have an opportunity to get into these events and, and be able to prove yourself not saying that you owe us simply because we're black but allow us the same opportunities that you would afford anybody else that does not look like us <clears throat> excuse me so we can prove ourselves in order to to bring a different perspective to your game, a different audience to your game. The same thing I've said about the National Hockey League. I've covered the Los Angeles Kings for five seasons. You know how many black media members I've seen in, in the in the press box? Two. You want to know how many, how many people besides myself have been in the media press box that I've seen? One, outside of myself.
0: One. And these are blacks that are still applied, I
1: would imagine. One. Yeah. And when I've gone to the Anaheim Ducks to cover... Outside of the, the 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 radio network station that's the home of you know the, the, the Philly the home station mm-hmm. I've seen nobody black there now there's a group called Black Women of Hockey, I believe I'm if I'm not if I don't have the name oh, uh, Okay, mistaken
0: never knew that. that. Okay, uh, in
1: there they're on Twitter. And so I'm looking at this and I'm saying, you have black players in hockey. Now it may not be an alarming rate like we see in the NBA or the NFL, but there's still black players that play hockey. There's 7, 7.5% black play, black American baseball players that are in baseball. How come we don't have more black media when it comes to baseball? When it comes, how come we don't have any black Latino owned media when there are large Latino groups of players that playing are baseball. in baseball? Mm-hmm. We don't see that on a consistent mm-hmm. basis. We get the toughest times and it shouldn't be like that, especially in this time and space. So when you put out these PSA, when you're putting out these statements, I'm looking at you and saying, "Okay, do you really believe this or is it something that some PR firm that you hired to make yourselves look nice and look appealing? Put that out. Now, I'm not. Now, I will say this much. There's one. I will say a football team in the Los Angeles Chargers that have exemplified that thus far, as far as making sure that there's ample amount of black owned media that's been there um, and and been a part of it. Um, Obviously, it could be more, of course. I mean, we all understand that, but. The fact that they've taken the steps and allowed their players to, to speak their minds. You have a blackhead coach that is speaking his mind. You have an allowed and telling his players, hey, look, we know we have to focus on football, but we know we live in a real deal world in real time. So mm-hmm. make sure that you take the time out to speak your piece, but also don't let that interfere with football matters because you have to, you know, balance both. And I mm-hmm. totally understand Anthony Lynn's message. And so when you see other and, that, and I'm sure there are other teams that there, there's some other teams that have exemplified that message and allowed certain things to transpire but i'm like you are hiring black people now but just because you may be hiring one or two black folks don't mean you have a black agenda and so when you're hiring these black folks remember that you have black media that's staring you in the face if you want to truly end, take it you know try to put a dent in ending uh, racism and systemic oppression and and, in social injustice and inequality look in your backyard stop focusing on your neighbor mm-hmm. across the street take care of your backyard meaning there's no reason why i'm having trouble getting into certain teams not because i'm saying oh you owe me because i'm the color of my skin no i've worked hard i busted worked my hard ass, that's right you know to get here i've been doing this for 11 years now it's 11 years this month i've been doing this And I've worked my ass off, and I continue to work my ass off. Don't don't get it twisted. Like I'm not saying I've arrived because I have, yeah, yeah. uh, But I have made some strides. I do believe in enough to get your attention. When I've been able to cover various teams across the landscape, I've been at red carpets. I covered entertainment events, and so now it seems like with this whole COVID nineteen, they've been looking for excuses to try to keep us out the paint for a very long time and so now this has finally been a legitimate quote-unquote and i don't mean to 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 downplay COVID 19 because i believe it's very very serious i believe it's real and i do i personally believe in wearing a mask and social distancing so i totally believe in that Um, but i believe they're also using this as an excuse to keep folks out Mm -hmm. and there are certain leagues that i will not name that have made sure that they've kept certain folks out of coverage yeah it's great that we get on the zoom calls and i'm all i'm grateful for that but we also want the coverage that we can get we want angles that we want to be able to take i want to be able to sit there and say hey i'm at the ballpark hey i'm here hey i'm there you understand Mm -hmm. what i'm saying that's right that's what i want and that's what i want for not just for myself but for other people i want us to be able to answer those ask those questions and get called upon. In those rooms and get called upon in those meetings on a consistent basis Jim Hill ain't the only black dude out here mm-hmm. you know what I mean there are other there are a plethora of other people there are a plethora of other you know shout out to my man Rashawn Haylock who's on KTLA now doing the sports I and mean, that mm-hmm. brother's been grinding for many many moments,
0: many years mm-hmm. you know
1: and he was under a network where a dude would not even give him an opportunity or truly give him mm-hmm. a chance to be on a, on a on a station and I'll say that he ain't said it but I'll say it mm-hmm. so I'm glad to see and shout out to Darren Horton of KTLA as well. Um, you know, that's another good brother. So, you know, it's it's just we got to start looking out for each other, man. But we got to start making sure that we when we get in these positions that we handle our business. We don't slack off. We don't, you know, kiki and, and joke around. I mean, it's a fun job. Don't you? I mean, you know that. Yeah, no doubt. Anybody. But, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. And we got to make sure that we stay on cold. We stay on point, And we make sure that we do what we need to do. To continue to elevate the platforms and be able to support each other. I think that's the biggest key. We have to continue to support each other. Me coming on your show and, and other shows like this, I think is is a great show, show of solidarity. Shout out to my man Terrell Thomas, who's done a phenomenal job with these urban times mm-hmm. and his team. Um, like I said, I, I mentioned you know, other people, you know, uh Jackie Ray, who was also uh the host, I host a show called The Opposite Reaction with every week on dash radio um you know she's doing her thing with the fumble sports i mean there's a lot of the plethora of other people that are doing things and we all need to make sure that we connect and really just support and uplift each other because if we don't we're going to be just a bunch of individual fingers and not be a mighty fist and that's what we need to have and again you know i i I get along with anybody that gets along with me i got love for anybody (laughs) that loves me so this is not you know one being better than the other um, I think we have seen a few strides in, in, in black media, but at the end of the day, there needs to be way more and there could be way more done. Um, and I'm glad to and I, I hope and I put this off on the athletes as well. you got to stop letting your PR people divide you away from us, because before mm-hmm. you got to that level, we were the ones that elevated you. We were the ones that wrote the stories on you. Mm-hmm. We were the ones that when you became that number one or number two pick or mm-hmm. top notch or, or the pick that people didn't think that was going to amount to crap. And there you, you, you emerge and elevated to a higher plateau. So don't forget that. Don't allow it. Remember, they you don't work for the PR firms. The PR firms work for you. Mm-hmm. So under, remember that. These team PR people, don't let them separate mm-hmm. you from us. Because when you get into trouble and the teams want to separate themselves from you, guess who you're going to run to? You ain't going to yep. run to TMZ. You yep. ain't going to run to none. You're going to run to us. <laughs> to us, yeah. Because we're going to try to elevate you, get the story right elevate yeah. you to a level and then move forward that's, that's what right. we that's what we're going to do that's who we are and then when i say we i say we as black media people mm-hmm. of color uh latino-owned media outlets that's what we do we elevate and try to make sure we don't paint you in a bad most of us don't paint you in a bad light Mm-mm. and don't tell me oh well we have black media no 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 there's a difference between having black media and black owned media mm-hmm. huge mm-hmm. difference not taking anything away from the brothers that have got on to a uh, major outlets. Congratulations to them. I support them as well. Congrats. I support Congrats. the late the women, the, 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 the ladies that 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 get on and do a fantastic job. People like Maria Taylor, people like mm. Carrie Champion, Jamel Hill who have a fantastic show. I support them. I I'm inspired by them. I'm inspired mm. by these ladies. You know, I just like, I'm inspired by people like Hannah storm, who I've had a mm. chance to meet. Um, people, you know, that I've, I've seen, um, do do ex- exceptional work um, You know it's just It's, it's, it's a great thing um, But it's got to change We got to continue to keep changing And push the narrative So hashtag black media matters um, You know we got to continue to keep 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 our foot on the gas and, and, and show really show Continue to show our value And show our worth um, Because we've earned that right Nobody's given us nothing We've earned those rights to be there and that's all we're asking is just giving a, it, allow us the opportunity.
0: Congratulations on your 11 years this month, man. I want to say that on a Thank personal you. level from me to you. the And, and uh, my dude, Nick Hamilton was in that thing cooking, bro. That's when the, when the pastor get going, you just let him go. You know what I'm saying? You can add a joint in the hand to preach, picture. Preach, preacher! Nah, you know, Just, that's all you know I was what? missing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, you know what? I appreciate your platform, brother. I appreciate you know you allowing me to come on here and speak on it. Um, and I and congratulations to you and your platform as well. Uh, without you know, I think there needs to be continued to be more. And uh, you know, c- and success to what you're doing, man. And uh, you know, I appreciate it, man. So thank you so much. I got to get on to my on my airwaves now.
0: No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it, man. Much love to you. Uh, Nick Hamilton, content creator, media personality and sports, pop culture, entertainment reporter for Nightfall Media. Catch him on Twitter and IG at Nick Hamilton, LA. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. I thought that that was uh, that, that, that was that was interesting. I wasn't really sure that everything was going to go that way and we could have sat back and did that for a, for years and sat there and just listening and, and and just soaking up knowledge and listening to him talk and kind of banter and going back and forth and so forth. And so I think that a lot of the things that were said were very, um were just very, very, very important. I'm glad that I had the opportunity to bring somebody on to talk about some of that stuff, not just some of the basketball stuff as well. So getting ready to um, put a bow on this thing. And in conclusion, remember to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I'm very overly thankful and grateful for those of you who have already done so. Um, for those of you who are going to do it in the future as well. Uh, for those of you who checked in live, for those of you who will uh, be listening and or watching this later on. Uh, for some of the people that chimed in and I didn't have an opportunity to pull them up on the board, my sincere and genuine apologies to you for that. Uh, but we was in here cooking on something a little bit different today. So Eddie Powell checked in with us. Grateful family. We've got a really awesome um platform as well called Hawks Beat. You can go and check him out. Dare Crush Boyd as well checking in. Matthew Maurer, my dude Iron Mike Dyson checked in with us too, man. So that was super dope. You can go and follow him at the Delegate 24. That's on IG as well as on Twitter. Um Thanks, obviously, to uh, to Nick Hamilton coming on and and, and jumping up in this thing with us. We're gonna have to do it again sometime. Uh, so looking forward to some of tonight's games that will taking place uh, that will be taking place rather as the NBA is gonna tip back off here within the next few minutes and just gonna give you guys a little bit of a rundown. Of what you'll see, you'll see the Bucks coming up. Uh, Bucks again, actually getting ready to tip off right now. Uh, against the Orlando Magic, the series tied one-to-one. The Indiana Pacers and the Miami Heat tipping off at 3.30. This is all p.m. Eastern Standard Time, of course. The Miami Heat leading that series 2-0. The Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is uh, where the Houston Rockets are leading that series 2-0. And then all tied up at 1-1, the one everybody wants to see, LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers taking on Damian Lillard and company at 8.30 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard uh, between the Lakers and the Portland Trail Blazers. So that's going to do it for me. Appreciate everybody for uh, checking into the podcast. Remember, anywhere that you find your favorite podcast, you can find this right here. It takes take T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E. Uh, just hover over the little search box with that magnifying glass on it. Right there. And then uh just type in Tate's take and the pull up. Subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, tell your mama, tell your grandmama, tell everybody about Tate's Take the podcast. Also follow along on social media at Tate's Take Hoops. T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Also want to make sure I mention that we also can uh you can also subscribe to the YouTube channel Tate's Take. We are on there too. Yes, that is Tate's Take as well. So overly thankful and grateful for everybody. Check it out. Finally, 15 minutes after every Monday through Friday, of course, 15 minutes after <clears throat> the very last playoff game concludes, somewhere around midnight, somewhere right up in that range, bearing an overtime game. Uh, I have actually launched a new um, uh, platform piece that you can check out again. 15 minutes after the last game, it is called The Final Buzzer with Deshaun Tate. 15 minutes after just kind of recapping the games, kind of want to see what you guys think, allow your voice to kind of be heard. You can chime in with us as well uh, and look into some of that stuff as well. So definitely want to make sure that I'm pushing that out there to give you guys the opportunity to hear what was going on uh, behind this person's eyes uh, when he was watching the game and just kind of getting some of uh, you guys' opinion on what you saw during the game as well. So I want to open that opportunity up to you guys as well. Remember Tate's take, um, Uh, Take this is Tate's Take, the podcast, hashtag where basketball lives, the uh, most informational, the best, the most educational basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast. You all be good, good people.